missed it. I know, it's been a while. It's all my fault. Harvest, you know. It's all your fault. Though. And I got some big travel coming up, too. We're going to have to get on to that uh, other app. Uh, the other we, app? Well, the one that we can record from far away. Me and you are not in the same room. What's that called? It's Riverside. The fa- Riverside. Yeah, yeah we're going to give. Yeah. We'll give that a go and see uh, if it works. I'm going to be gone quite a while, but from interesting places. So we'll have lots to talk about, like Italy, Ireland, Sweden. Shut up. New Jersey. Shut Jersey. <laughs> uh, yeah. What else? Well, I might patch in from Delaware. Living. You know how exciting know. <laughs> Delaware is. No, I don't. Do tell. Actually, don't. Delaware is the tax haven of the world. You know, there's all there's what, over, against the what the Canary Islands or um yep. the yeah the, you really? start a, a company there and you can do all kinds of stuff and uh, get away with all kinds of stuff. So there's something like I'm there's more companies than people in Delaware. Hmm. Yeah. Mastercard, Visa, Facebook, Google—they all have their companies in Delaware. Wow, that is interesting. Yeah, it's pretty shitty. <laughs> they avoid a lot of tax. Just thinking, we yeah, might yeah. need to register this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Y and D podcast. Mm. Great to have the band back again, and um, nice to see you, Dan from Decibel Wines. Thank you. And um, and it's nice to be here, Yvonne from uh, Wine Friend. And we have a guest. We do have a guest. A big get for us. A big get. Yeah. You know, uh, everything that's happened to Phil in the last two months, I sent him a text not long after the uh, cyclone when we were, me and you were getting back together. I said, hey, do you want to come on and have a chat with us? And I know Phil was still Phil and didn't lose a sense of humor because he could, God, I, my house has to get blown over for you to invite me <laughs> onto your podcast. Yeah, yeah, you have to be a victim of a massive natural disaster uh, to, to appear on this podcast. Yeah. So, um, Philip Barber from uh, Pitani Wines, or is that how you pronounce it? Is exactly. that yeah. fantastic? Yeah. So, um, we're very lucky to have Philip here, mm. and um, just to give our listeners and uh, viewers a bit of context, um, back on February the fourteenth. Hawke's Bay, uh, we've talked about this before, um, suffered a massive natural disaster called Cyclone Gabriel, and um, a number of Hawke's Bay's wine regions were affected. One of the most um, uh, most devastated areas, and it was beautiful, was the Esk Valley, which is where our mate Philip and your brother Chris had your businesses. And um, we kind of thought... It would be like we want to find out all the good stuff. You know, we we you began and your history with with winemaking and um, and the Esk Valley and all of that. But I guess for context, we kind of have to just tell people kind of what you went through. So, um, would you mind mm. just explaining what happened? Okay. Um, well, yeah. I'm jumping straight back, mm. so ignoring my history of wine, just going to the night. Um, yeah. We've been flooded there, I've been there since 2007, and we've been flooded three or four times. Um, usually it's just the basement gets flooded, and we've always done bits to the basement, like marine doors gone in, I've put some waterproofing, and always a little bit of water gets in, but it was getting better and better, and this time I'm like, right, I'm staying up all night, I'm going to figure out where this water's coming in, because it always gets flooded, so annoying. And then, um, so me and my wife, we're up, we're there and they see the sinister water coming up towards the door and it's just real slow moving this is about six at night and I'm thinking oh man here it comes and so it's sure enough it comes up to our marine door 
Mm-hmm. And then it starts coming in through the marine door, a little gap. And I'm like, oh, that's where it's coming in. So it just needed an extra suction thing to go on the door, and we could have sealed it off. Like, right. I figured it you out. figured it it's out. It's taken me so many years. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm like feeling really good about it. And we start bailing the water. I had sandbags outside, but it came through. Had sandbags inside, and me and my wife were bailing the water. We had power, and we had towels. We were mopping up the water, and we had the spin dryer and the um, washing machine. And we're on top of it. And even Christopher came over and helped us out for probably a good two hours. Christopher's your brother. Yeah. yeah. And then he said, okay, guys, I better head back to my family. And we're like, what? you got to help us out, man. He goes, well, this is getting bad. I'm going to head over to my family. And, oh, fair enough. So he left. And we're like, man, he could have stayed a bit longer. Help us <laughs> out here. Because <laughs> we were, like, really getting on top of it. And then um, the water just kept coming up. And I go, oh, man, this is getting bad. And then power went out. And it's like, ooh, we've lost our spin dryer. So we've lost, we can't yeah. dry our towels anymore. Right. Because there's water coming in other parts of the house and the laundry. And, um, and your house is how far from the winery and vineyard? Oh, it's in the vineyard. Oh, it's in the vineyard. So, okay. So from the brewery, it is. Um, and the winery and brewery are the same building. Same. Yeah. Winery and brewery, same. Yeah. Well, I never actually had a winery, so it was actually a brewery. I'd always <laughs> make my wine at Askern. Askern okay. for a while. Yeah, right. I started out in the brewery. Askern for seven years. Then I went out to um, Hawke's Bay Wine Company for a couple of years. Right. And then Linden, I'd started with making. It's kind of like a. Okay. So luckily I didn't lose a winery. Right. That was one thing. Um, yeah, so anyway, we're, we're getting a bit out of control with all this water coming in, and then next thing I know, Bang, all this water just comes right out of the shower. It's like, holy moly. I said, Sarah, let's go upstairs. And she's like, no, we can, we've got this. I said, no, this is crazy. It's coming up to the windows. And so, yeah, I just grabbed my wine and guns and everything I could from downstairs and put them halfway up the stairs. Thought they'd be safe there. And then, um, sure enough, the water just kept creeping up every half hour, up another step. And this is like 12 o'clock at night. So we've been up all night trying to... And then it just keeps coming up, and it's quite eerie and kind of sinister and mm. scary, and it's dark. And I'm like, oh, I better um, check on the kids. And their room's fine. There's no water in there yet. But then um, it just keeps coming up, and I'm thinking to myself, it's going to go into their room soon, and they're asleep. And then sure enough, I went into their room, and I'm walking. So I always remember walking down the hallway to check on them again, mm. and the carpet's coming up, and I'm walking over <sighs> carpet. And oh water, and I'm thinking, okay, I've got to wake them up. So I got them out of their room into our top. This is a two-story house. How many kids have you got? Two kids. kids. Two-story house. It can't come up here. We're safe up here. Put them on the couch. And then um, it just keeps getting higher, and every half hour, and then it's into the into the main living room. I'm like, oh, my lordy lord, this is mental. And then I started getting really worried, mm. like actually scared for my life. Mm. Thinking, Holy shit, this is, the house could disappear. And then, um, then every now and then be a log would smash into the house and the whole house would like an earthquake. It makes this horrible sound and we look at each other and Sarah starts having a bit of a panic attack. I said, just calm down for the kids. And the kids are really great. Even Ella was going, calm down, Mum, it's okay, we're going to be all right. Yeah, so, yeah, and then after another half an hour, I said to my wife, okay, if it hits their knees, I'm going to go out onto the deck and get onto the roof. And um, sure enough, to my knees, okay. So I open the ranch slider, and all this water just pours in. And I close the ranch slider, and I'm on the deck, and there's water swirling around. And it's the noise, it's just this crazy noise like cyclone, the surf, you hear the surf from Furunaki, and um, the river. Just mm. all these three things combined, it was like really, really scary. 
Oh, and dark, and, and it's completely dark. dark. There, was dark. A, there was a little bit of moonlight, so I could kind of see out over the vineyard, and I could right. see this raging torrent. And I'm thinking, wow, whoa, this is. I was like, I wasn't really there. It was like a dream or a nightmare. And then um, I jumped on the table and looked up onto the roof, and it was eerily calm. I was like, oh my gosh, that was bizarre. Mm. So I said, okay, that's not too bad. So I told, got back down, closed the door. Okay, Sarah, get all the stuff, and Sarah had a little backpack organised. We're going to get on the roof. And um, that was kind of really scary because um, it's a roof and it's a dark. It's a roof, it's a dark. It's like, this is what happens in Australia. This isn't New Zealand. So, yeah, so I had the table, I had the bench top, and we jumped. It was really easy because I got a um, a little um, sun uh, sail. So we just jumped off on that. Sarah went up first, passed the kids, jumped up, and just felt instantly better on the roof. Yeah, I can see everything. Oh, man, I feel feel kind of cold but good to be up here mm. yeah it was good for the first hour the kids were fine and then little Jimmy lost it started crying and yeah wanted to get how old's Jimmy uh, just turned six. Oh, Jesus so, yeah, so, yeah it was right crazy but um then I'm watching all this stuff unfold and the next scary most thing was um the tractor shed just disintegrating right in front of our eyes and the tractors floating away and just the whole shed just made this horrible sound so like all all steel shed, just, just ripping apart, just ripping apart and floating away. And I'm like, I was just like, this is weird. This has never happened before. Never would have thought anything like this. You know, little floods here and there, sure, but nothing like that. On the previous older floods or stuff you've seen, yeah. was that just rainfall coming off the hills, or is that? That was rainfall coming off the hills. Yeah, yeah it wasn't the wasn't the river coming up or anything. Yeah, because there's the there's the park. The river's a lo- fairly long way away. Yeah, yeah it's different yeah. than there's. Levels and it's like this is the Esk River, yeah. yeah for those, and our thing. previously mm-hmm. most worst flood, which I actually wasn't there for, I was in Australia, um, making pet nap with BK. And then, um, the worst one was when that happened, and Sarah sent me videos of this river coming down our driveway. And Christopher told me the water came up to the top of the train track, that's how close it got coming over onto into the mm. brewery. And we thought, that's got to be the worst ever. It was 160 millimetres of rain. So when, that's crazy. And it, So if we if we go back and you're you're on the roof with the kids mm. um, and your wife, you kind of can see yeah. and definitely hear what's going on around you. Mm. How long was it until, until day broke and you um, were able to see everything? About... Two and a half hours. So that's a long time yeah. to be just kind of thinking, what is going on? And, and the time was slow. Oh. I had two of my, I had this tag watch on, my other tag watches are my favourite watches. I saved both of them and I had them and I'm looking at them, I'm thinking, okay, it's, say it's four o'clock in the morning, it must be five o'clock now. It's five past four. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Five minutes. Oh my gosh. It's got like an hour. And what did it, when the, when the day broke and, and light came out and you were able to look across at your, at your surroundings, yeah. um, oh, I can't even imagine well, what that feeling must really have been like. Well, it was really bizarre because, um, yeah, it, the, the, the level came down fairly quickly and then these guys turned up in their um, jet boat to help us and I sent them over to Christopher and they went over there. And then after they left, this, it was and within half an hour, all the water was gone. Right. It just disappeared and it was just left with all the silt. Mm. And destruction. Yeah, I saw the thing on the Herald where sometime in those hours uh, you said 
you thought your brother was gone. Oh, you, yeah. said, you just were like, there's no yeah. way. Well, when, when these guys turned, because I couldn't see him on the roof. I can see his house. And they've only got a single-story house, single right? Single-story house. And you've got a top two stories. Yeah, right. and I could see it right up to their gutter, and I couldn't see them. No. And I thought they would have waved to me, surely. And um, well, you know, I would have seen them. And then um, these guys took ages, and I thought, Oh, I've just felt the worst time of year. Mm. They took at least half an hour to find them because they were in the ceiling. They were between the roof and the ceiling. Right. And they were banging on the roof to try and get these guys' attention. And then um, eventually one of the guys smashed through the ceiling and um, Crisper said, oh, my God, amazing. Because the ceiling's a modern house. So the ceiling, it's it's steel, isn't it? Aluminium ceiling. Ten-year-old house. So Um, The ceiling is, no, it's a regular Quite thick. Um, yeah. So to smash through that oh, yeah, is no mean feat. No, is what I was trying work. to get. It's hard work. So and he couldn't that smash through itself. the couldn't smash through the um, iron because <sighs> they used those like screw nails. Mm. Yeah. So the old nails you could smash through it, mm. but you can't because it's like. Tight. Yeah, it's really in there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, no, he said it was real hard work gosh. smashing through that um, ceiling because it's quite thick, and he only had a um, a train track. So Wait, what is it? I, I heard your brother say that before. What train uh, track? Th- Thomas Tank Engine train track was floating in his room because they had they ended up in their room. Like they'd moved, he couldn't get up onto the roof because it was too high. Yeah, and he couldn't swing around, and he couldn't. Yeah, do yeah, it. sure. It happened so quickly, and he ended up in his in their bedroom, and the roof bed was like kind of floating, I suppose, and he could have smashed the room. Mm. They're tough, those Thomas Tank Engine train huge, tracks. Huge endorsement. Yeah. They are. They're yeah. amazing. Yeah, but so, well, basically, he phoned one 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 two or three times. Mm. And as I did as well, and, you know, just to tell them what's going on. And um, one of the guys said to him, can you smash through the ceiling? And he said, oh, that's a good idea. Incredible. And so you, um, so light comes, you see that there's just a sea of silt basically covering everything that that is, that was just such a pretty, Mm. really beautiful part of Hawke's Bay. And I guess you're thinking, where's... um, a, where's my brother and his family? Um, B, where's my vineyard? Where's, where is the brewery and, and my wine? And how's that all? I've seen my tractors float away. Yeah. What's going on? At, so at discovering. That point, yeah, at that point, I didn't care about anything except no. those, you know, family. Yeah. And when I found they were alive, Honestly, I didn't care about the vineyard. Okay. It just wasn't even a concern. Yeah, it was, yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was more. It was probably more like, "Holy shit, look at that!" Yeah, yeah. Like, oh my god, mm. they're alive. So yeah, yeah. So at that point, I didn't even give a stuff. It wasn't until a few days later that you, yeah. you thought, "Oh my god, look at this mess." Mm. What about the wine? And thankfully, had yeah, so many mm. great people come and help us. I think the, the um, for anybody who has the pleasure of driving through that area now, the the real eye-opener is that house across the street from Linden. For me, I mean, you see all kinds of stuff. Linden and I've, Estate, been, yeah. I've been driving around, mm-hmm. but across from Linden Estate, yeah. there's a very modern house, a very big house, a three, four-bedroom house. Mm-hmm. Like It looks like one of those black, new, modern mm-hmm. houses that apparently was 900 meters away. Yeah. And you go, how that, yeah. you know, just the force of it all yeah, really Luke's. puts it in. You go, holy that, shit, how did that happen? That's you know? Luke's house. And he um, spent years building it because he's kind of a builder. And he built it up high. So he, he was protected from floods, but it kind of didn't it was matter. Wood, it didn't matter. And it just floated away. Um, yeah, it's shocking. Mm. And he had to put a swimming pool in. Yeah. Right. It's amazing. I was swimming well, in that pool like two weeks before it That's incredible. Happened. And now it's ripped in half. The whole pool's in half and the house is gone. And all of our, all of our motorbike, all our, all our stuff was in his yard. And my combi was in his, in his front lawn. Jeez. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And we'll be right back.
Howdy everyone, I'm Yvonne Lorcan, the co-founder and chief tasting officer for Wine Friend, the best subscription service for wine in the land. And it's the best because my team and I hunt high and low to find amazing, interesting wines that we match to your individual taste buds. And then we deliver them to your door at a price and frequency that suits you. Now we know you want to try new wines, but we also know it's really hard to break free from those boring, safe, same olds from the supermarket. And it sucks when you spend good money on something new, but it doesn't taste great to you. Because everyone tastes wine differently, right? So we take the hassle and guesswork away, because if we know how your taste buds work, then you can trust us to go away and find great wines just for you. It's easy, just go to winefriend.co.nz, click on Get Started to answer a few fun questions about your taste preferences, choose one of our three awesome plans, your combo of reds and whites, and how often you'd like them delivered, and then sit back and wait for a whole new world of wine to open up. They're wines from all over the world, they're wines that I personally really love, and they're wines that you're not going to find in your average supermarket. Plus, each bottle comes with a neck tag written by moi, with handy notes that'll impress your friends. Our plans are totally flexible, you're not locked into anything, and you can buy more of the wines that you love with a simple tap or a click. Just use the promo code Yvonne, that's Y-V-O-N-N-E, for 24% off your first subscription case. So become a wine friend and we'll all live happily ever after. Cheers, and on with the show. One of the things that um, that happened straight away that I was just blown away by was your um, your mission to to just try and save the wine that you'd made, yeah. like to get into that building, yes. which is the the brewery building. It's where um, the Conan Flower, which is um, your yep, that was in the front, which is in the front, which is the sort of gastro pub, tasting room, cellar door area that was yeah. just a, a great little oh. Hawks Bay venue. Um, so that was in the front, um, brewery behind. Cellar door area, kind of in between, and that was where you were storing your wine. Yeah. And um, and I remember, you know, learning about the the rescue mission yep. to get the bottles out and try and resurrect something there. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yeah. what you did? Well, because um, this happened really quickly. Yeah. So I didn't have any of my wine insured. So as you kind of grow, you kind of don't realise how much wine you've got. You can't. I'm not a great. Stock keeper, and um, it was like 12,000 bottles. Like, oh, geez, that's a lot of money! Yeah, that's a lot of money. So, oh, I, yeah. I gotta get this wine back. So, one of the very first days or second days, some guys just turned up and they were really amazing. And they had that we just chopped through the um building with chainsaws, I, um, or axes. Um, no, or? What, they had, did have chainsaws because it's um, I had a wood structure in between, but the, yeah, they had like a grinder ah. and then a chainsaw, right? And then I could peer in, and oh, okay, it wasn't full of silt because I had doors, it was all temperature controlled, so it was just water and there was silt on the bottom, maybe the first half meter, but the rest of it was just water. Okay. So I thought, oh, that can be saved, and um, so I was pretty happy. And then, um, then one thing happens after the next, and Fruit Fed Andrew helped out and called people. Um, fruit yeah. Fed Andrew. Fruit <laughs> you know Fruit Fed Andrew. Sure, everybody Everyone knows Fruit Fed Andrew. Yep. <laughs> we'll Brent. put a picture of Fruit Fed Andrew up on our Instagram. Brent from Wairiki. A whole bunch of people just turned up. Um, yeah, Claire, um, heaps of people, oh, loads of people. Um, and yeah, we just got stuck into pulling out all this wine, which took basically took two days. Yeah. Amazing. What did you do with it then? Um, well, that was the amazing thing because. That was the, that was the hard bit. What do you do? And I can't think of all that sort of stuff. And um, <laughs> so Fruit Fed and Andrew organised everyone into groups, and we just ferried the wine. There's a parry tour. Parry tour came along and said, "Look, we can take all of it." 
Which is where you used to work. It's where I used to work, where I met you. That's true. And where I still make a lot of my wine. So hmm. I've been seeing uh, a lot of Phil lately. <laughs> In fact, we got a little collab going yeah, these do. days. So, yep. yeah, yeah, we've Good managed work. to source some uh, Pinot Gris from yeah. somewhere else. Yeah. For, uh, so stay tuned for that. But, but this is probably yeah. a good time now. You did salvage the wine. You guys cleaned yeah. it all up. Uh, it up. You guys well, that was another mission, cleaning yeah. it. it yeah. Get all the silt off. Four, that was like three days cleaning that. Yeah. Um, why don't you mention right now while well, you got the hearts of <laughs> where they can get this wine because this is an yeah. amazing achievement, right. you know? Yeah, I know. Well, the wine is selling out pretty quickly. The Pinot Gris is gone, Pinot Blanc is gone. A lot of it's gone, but we've still got plenty of lovely Chardonnay, Bionnier, awesome. Syrah, and Merlot Franc, and a little bit of Edelswicker. And we can get that on the website, Batani Wines. Um, yeah, own a little, own a, a, a great wine, mm. be a piece of history. Yeah. Hey. The, the, the labels are a bit damaged. But, you know, who cares? So what's inside that counts? Yeah. yeah. What? Yeah. Um, and I, I was thinking about this leading up to it, uh, a little bit based on my old podcast, uh, and that I didn't have you on there. Uh, <laughs> I was like, but I, I, I used to joke around to, to. I've had a few friends who have been like, "Oh, you never had me on," and I go, "Well, I wanted to get." First of all, I got a lot of the sort of old guard because. They, you know, they're going to re- not remember their shit in a few years. <laughs> no, Damn, you can't say stuff like that. Um, you can edit that out. <laughs> but uh, it was Aaron, called the old podcast, which one day I was just saying Aaron and I are going to go through and remaster them and get the volumes right on all of them and everything. But um, it was called Vintage Stories, and I would always say, well, I want to hear the story, you know, and, and if you're – Occasionally, you'd have a youngish winemaker on, but it, it would be if, like, you know, they just were doing something, or mm. now you have a, like a story to tell. And most most winemakers have yeah. something crazy they've done, or mm. they've done vintages, lived overseas for ten years, mm. all this kind of stuff. Well, now you got a story, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah. But at the beginning, um, was it always where, where did that land come from? Was it always you and your brother? Was it how, how did it all start? Well, it all started. Well, it all started back in '79 when my dad bought a vineyard back in Kimu, Huapai. Um, so that's Out kind of West got us Auckland. interested, yeah. yeah. And, uh, we had that for like 15 years, and then um, you, as you go travelling, um, I got into wine, just working in bars. Um, worked at a place called Sales Restaurant in Auckland. Sales, mm. yeah, with Bart Little John. Oh my R. goodness, R. that's R. a legendary yeah, place. I know, yeah, he was amazing. Mm. So he was really great, and then I did a Bob Campbell wine diploma. Um, working with Bart was amazing because he's such an amazing wine guy. So there was two years there. That kind of working in a restaurant kind of gets you interested in wine. Obviously, we were growing it at home, but then you, when you see it being sold, yeah. it's exciting. So like, different, oh. yeah. And Bart would be so busy because he was a sommelier, so he was always running around selling so much wine. I was in the bar, so I was like passing all the wine over to him. He was guy who was a machine. I was like really, that was really impressed me. I was like, wow, I want, I want to do this. Either work in a bar or be a sommelier, and then. As things went along, I just really got into the winemaking side of it and the growing. So, yeah, so from that, I went travelling to England and France and all that stuff, then came back and thought, okay, I've really got to get some knowledge because I know tasting wine and I know about wine, but I don't know any of the science. Yeah. So I spent a year at um, um, Tirafati Tech in Gisborne. Yeah. I just loved that. So that was that was part of um, so EIT's winemaking viticulture. Back was, then it was, it was just Tirafati Tech okay. back in two thousand and two, and that's where I met a whole bunch of cool people. Huh. I think it was separate. I don't really know. Yeah, it was separate until yeah. okay. until the eleven or twelve, maybe. Yeah, like so it was a separate thing. It was a one year thing where you did six months grape growing, six months wine science, and um, and I remember our lecturer talking to us 
about wine science and all these words she was saying that none of us had heard before. Well, what is she talking about? What is all this stuff? What, like malolactic fermentation? Well, well, uh, yeah, even like Brex. We didn't know anything <laughs> really about that. Yeah. We were like... Brex? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or anything like that. Like, I just remember it was like... But that was only like for the first week and then you kind of started picking up on these words that yeah. you use. Now it's like, you know, second, second nature. nature yeah. But back then I was like, what is she talking about? Yeah, so that was really cool. And then it was like one year, so we had surfing, we had golf, we had winemaking. Yeah, I got to work with James Milton, so that kind of got me interested in organics, James and Annie. Mm. So that was really cool. And then after a year of that, I went to California, Dan's part of the world. and Only 3,000 yeah, miles away yeah, from where I grew up. It's still America. Yeah, it's still America. Still America. Yeah. So that was amazing. And then um, from there, Germany. and then Where were we at in California? Uh, Caneros Valley. We oh, yeah, yeah. fruit from Caneros, Caneros Valley, yeah, but yeah. we're actually making the wine. So in Sonoma, basically. Yeah, yeah, Sonoma, Green Valley. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly right. So you're getting the fruit from Caneros, Pinot So really... Um, you know, because I, I, I'm not, this is not like some sort of endorsement or something. I, I didn't grow up there. I just went there and worked a couple of times in Napa yeah. and Sonoma. Yeah. It's a pretty amazing part of the world. Oh, man. It's, it's gorgeous. I mean. It's like Hollywood. When I took my, yeah, it is. It's like it Hollywood. Is. It's yeah, crazy. It's, it's it is like the Hollywood version. It's yeah, it's insane. It, it is insane. Yeah. These beautiful properties, rolling yeah. hills. Yeah. And when uh, my wife first came to the U.S. in 2012 or 13, she flew into San Francisco because I was doing vintage there. And I came down and picked her up. And I drove her up. And she goes, Oh my God, America! I had no ideas. Reminds me of Italy. These rolling hills, and, this. and I go, yeah. Where do you see Jersey? <laughs> it's not the same, you know. <laughs> it's pretty flat and industrial, you know, and a lot yeah. of suburbs, you know. That's but funny. it is a gorgeous place. You it know? is amazing. Yeah, and I and I work with this guy called Paul Hobbs, who's a renowned oh, yeah. winemaker. Absolutely, you, you know yeah, him. Yeah. So we just made Pinot Noir, Cab Sav, and Chardonnay, and I'd go out on, on our missions with him, tasting. He never tasted with a lunar machine. He never had any of that stuff. He just tasted. Mm. And go went on tasting. Right. He'd go, what do you taste it for? I said, yeah, acid, acid and run around maybe another couple of days. Yeah, another couple of days. And then a few days later, we'd go back with a team of um, mainly Mexicans with their yeah. little knives. Oh, they were so fast. Oh, it's crazy. I had to just de-leaf. I wasn't picking. I was just taking leaves out and making sure they didn't drop anything because he wasn't paying per ton. He was paying per square meter. Mm. And if wow. anyone dropped a bunch, he'd, he'd be like, hey, why did he drop that? Give them, give them to pick those Just bunches get everything. up. Get everything. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, there's like little hook knives. Yeah, little hook knives. It's yeah. crazy. They don't snip. Nah. They're so fast. They go. Some winemakers really? don't like them because they, sometimes they crush the fruit a bit. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but, yeah. but they're fast. You're not going to change them. They, they're, they're fast. So you're yeah. in California for um, how long? Uh, I was probably about, it was a vintage. vintage? So it, was like, yep. it was like two months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So California back to New Zealand or back around? Back to New Zealand okay. eventually. Yeah, I was going to go to Mexico and then. You had a friend with a boat, but it didn't quite pan out. So Everyone in Mexico has a friend with a boat. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, they were going to do a big mission, a big voyage. What's in the hole of that boat? You never know. Oh, they were going to do a big trip, and they said, I don't think you can do that. You know, you're no experience on boats. What's <laughs> that? You get experience. Give me a chance. Anyway, I flew back to New Zealand after that. And, um, yeah, and then off to Germany, where, which I worked in the Mosul Valley, Ooh. Ooh, making Riesling. That's amazing. So, yeah, because you've always had a affinity for those aromatic wines, those yeah. cool climate whites. Oh, I love, love those. I mm. mean, it's, if you look at your portfolio of wines, you know, you you know, you dabble in some of the more traditional Hawks Bay stuff, but you've always had yeah. Viognier, Riesling, Viognier. Pinot Blanc, Pinot Gris. Well, I've never had Riesling because I, I was I couldn't grow Riesling in mm. Hawks Bay. Mm. Mm. Not no, this part of Hawks Bay. Not yeah. this part of Hawks Bay. But on my land, I just grew Viognier, Pinot Blanc, Pinot Gris. Yeah, Chardonnay. 
Mm. And then I started dabbling in things like Gamay and Chenin Blanc. Being, you're, like, you're right, mainly mm. the aromatic side, and that's the stuff I really do like. So when you come back to New Zealand, and at this stage, so your dad, um, the okay, the um, the Esk Valley Vineyard, yeah. how did that come into the yeah, family? Yeah, well, that, so after the EIT, I'm sorry, the Tirafati thing for one year and the travelling around, I then thought I need more wine science knowledge because it went one year, well, six months wine science isn't very long. No. So then I um, enrolled after the German trip into EIT in Hawke's Bay, and that was, oh, my God, that was like next level up of crazy chemistry, which I really enjoyed, but the physics was so tough. Physics and, the, the, and engineering. That's what everyone says, Ma- Malcolm, Malcolm Reeves, oh, my God, Malcolm Reeves and his um, engineering was so, I just found it so hard. Mm. Um, but yeah, but we just we, we battled through it and did lots of extra. Um, they gave you extra tuitions in the library. Me and my friend Dan Sorrell, who's just started his own wine called Sorrell Wines. Yeah, I've tasted his yeah, wines. Yeah, They're yeah. great. Yeah. Well, me and Dan were always <laughs> the, me, Dan, and Steve <coughs> were always me, Dan, and Steve in, in the library getting extra tuition for this bloody physics. <laughs> oh, it was a nightmare. It was so hard. But yeah, we got through it eventually. So you're studying, and then you think, okay, I want to make wine. I need yeah. some grapes. Yeah. How does the how does that happen? Well, um, after after that um, three year degree, mm. um, I'm thinking we need to get some land and grow some grapes. And my dad had just retired, and he finished his you know got off the land, and he wanted to buy some more land. So this is out in West Auckland. Yeah. yeah. So he so sold just, all that, and yep. he, he was at a bit of a loose end because he'd finished his work, mm. and he was only. 65. So he said, yeah, let's buy some land. So we looked around for ages, and then um, just so happens I was driving through the Esk Valley, and I saw a for sale sign and on this vineyard. I thought, oh, that looks cool. So I talked to the um, owner, Laurie Kay, and yeah, and he said, yep, we're selling, selling up. We've been there 15 years, which I thought, that's a long time, and I've been there for 16 years. <laughs> like, yeah. I wish I'd only been there for 15 years like you. <laughs> if I'd sold up a year earlier. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but, yeah, so I talked to him. Curses. It was an amazing piece of land, but he had it all planted out. Pinot Gris. Right. Um, 25-year-old vines and Sauvignon Blanc, really old vines, and some Chardonnay. And it was the, I didn't like any of the pruning much. He had like um, Sylvos and he had oh, yeah. arch systems going on the Chardonnay. The Pinot Gris was nice. It was a VSP system, which I liked. But I didn't like what he had and so we pulled all that out eventually. No Rot Henry or anything like that? Yeah. <laughs> Some of that stuff? A little bit of that stuff. Oh, like, you learn it when you're in um, you know, viticulture yeah. wine school. You learn all these trellising systems. Yeah. And then you never see them. But when you see never one, you're like, oh, I there, it is. there it is. The mythical stuff. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> I tried farming this for like two, three years, and it was okay because we were supplying Villa Maria with grapes, but it was a lot of hard work. And it's then I tried, so hard. I tried to retrunking mm. them, and we just laser up now. So did you feel like, so when you, um, so once you establish your own, you know, you decide on your own plant material, and, you get, yes. and, you, and you, you're kind of building this vineyard into your own, to your own style, yes, you know, to your totally. own preferences. Own I mean, did you, like, tell me about the history, like, Pitani, where does that come from? Well, Pitani is the name, the original name of the area. It used to be called um, Pitani, mm. which is what the was And what does that as. mean? Do you know? <sighs> My brother Chris knows exactly, and right. I've never been able to remember exactly. Don't worry about it. I, I always get it wrong, and he's like, yeah, that's not, that's not <laughs> what it means. So, like, okay. so I'm going right. to try and explain it. It's an assignment it. for the I listeners. Yeah. They can go and check I, it out. I, I just can't remember what it, what it means. But for me, it's the area, and then there's mm. um, West Shore, Bayview, was all Patani. 
So it's a massive area. Mm. And then there was confusion with postal. All the mail was going to Patoni. Ah, oh, in Wellington. So that's why they changed the name from Patani to Estale to Bayview to West Shore. They just chopped it all up. Oh, right? uh, yeah. Because all the mail, back in those days, everyone's on a horse and cart. That's true. So it takes like six months to get your... To be honest, I, <laughs> I, confused, <laughs> I confused it because when I would drive to Wellington, I'd see Patoni and I'm like, Patoni, yeah, Patoni, yeah, Patoni. Exactly. I swear to God, I did didn't know the difference. Funny yeah. thing was, when I went to um, Winetopia for the first time, and well, I just had a hand-painted sign in Winetopia, the most basic sign ever, and that was how we did, how we rolled, and we still do. In my last Winetopia, I had the, not the same, but I had a different hand-painted sign. <laughs> but people in Wellington were going, I didn't know there was a winery in Patoni. This is Patani. And yeah. it was cool because people flocked over yeah, to me. Yeah, because oh, yeah. it, it seems familiar. It's yeah. a comforting sort of yeah. word. It and feels it, like home, but it's And it's just a real low-budget sign. Everyone's got this flash away. stuff, and they're like, we've got to support this guy. <laughs> <laughs> so it was really cool. So we'll just go with that again. Oh, yeah. my goodness. So... Um, so it sounds like, you know, you get there and you're living there and you're growing grapes there, you're making wine from there, you've got, um, you know, your brother's brewery well, and what happened the, the is cone and flower what business. We, and what we bought was 20 acres. Yep. And then a year later, the neighbour's place came up for sale and it was just an asparagus and it had a bit of citrus and that was 11 acres. And my dad's very entrepreneurial and he said, let's get that because we can drive down Shore Road into what we thought would be a winery. Mm. And I said, that's a good idea. And they weren't asking a huge amount of money for it. I thought, okay, let's do it. And so he bought that as well. So we ended up having the 30 acres, and it was a good-sized block then. And then there was access, because you could not come off that main road onto a winery. Mm. You had mm. to have that side. That's why it was so perfect. So he had that little side road called Shore Road, which leads down to the um, park and the Hukuriri Gill School. Mm. So you go down there, and then before the railway line, you turn left, take a, take a right, and you're into... What we now then built was the brewery. So Christopher came down. He couldn't find land in Auckland cheap enough. So he, I said, hey, there's land down here. I don't want to plant it all up in grapes. And so he said, yep. So that idea was born. And he put ZB, and he loved Hawks Bay because he'd come down and help me Yeah, grow. so ZB is Zealand Brewery. Zealand Brewery. Mm. So that's, and then 10 years, we were, he was there. He just had his 10th year anniversary. And then we were five years talking about getting a little um, restaurant going. And, and after five years, we finally did it. And um, we had it up and running for about a year and two months before the cyclone hit. And it was going really well. Cone mm. flower. It was really exciting. Yeah, it was all, all looking really good. So, here's where we pause. Mm. How does the future look for you now? Um, had any thoughts? Well, I've had a couple any of holidays days? away. Mm. I've just got, went down to um, went to Auckland for, for a few weeks, met up with my other brother from London, came over. And just getting away from Hawke's Bay is really good. And then I got up there and just had a bit of time away. And then um, we came back down here and went to um, Caracal for a few days. Just Which to is surf, an amazing beach. Just a surf beach. beach and fishing and just getting away. And then kind of you realise there's more to life than just growing grapes. Yeah. Got a young family and you know, if we do something else, it's fine. But I don't know. I'd like to carry on with the wine, but it'll be a sideline thing and maybe do something else yeah. as well. It'll be a much smaller. Christopher's keen as he's got a food truck planned. He wants to keep Cone and Flower going. We've got our chef, Sebastian, still working for us. So we're doing pop-ups. Christopher's brewing in Auckland. So the beer and the wine will keep going, definitely. Um, it'll just, for me, it'll be a lot smaller. Because I was really into the growing. That was my thing. Yeah, yeah, you were on the thing. vineyard side. Yeah. I like the yeah. vineyard side. I love making the wine too, but I was more into the growing, growing my grapes and making my wine. But, well, I've met some... Well, not met, but I know some incredible growers like, um, you know, um, Two Terraces, um, Linda and, and Ian. They 
come through with some fruit for me. Um, Dan, see you. Yeah, well, there could be the other side of it, too. And I think as you get further away from it, you might say, hey, I could do this or that and, and shift gears a little bit. And uh, yeah, totally. it just, I mean, that's a fact. It's going to be a different plan. Different now. plan. Different yeah, plan. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't actually know yet, Yvonne. I'm not, not sure. And you know what? That's, it's, <laughs> that's I wasn't fine. expecting you to know. I really wasn't. I, I, um, I have been trying to think about it. But the more you think about it, the more, I don't know. Yeah. What? I mean, you just you you're just someone. Sorry, um, Dan, no, go, for a go. second. You know, you're. How long have I known you for, Phil? Probably what? Well, ten years. I'd say probably longer. I think longer than twenty twelve. Yeah, 13? twelve yeah, thirteen years. Yeah, I think yeah. I've known you. Um, and whenever I see you out and about, you know, whether it's at a wine fest or at a wine tasting or on the street or at some festival, I don't know, whatever. Maybe in a bar. Maybe in a bar, you know, maybe <laughs> yeah. down you know, down at the recycling centre. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Um, whenever I see you, you just are this, um, you have this amazing energy about you and even when you're not smiling, your body is just radiating I've got shit to do and I'm doing things and I'm and I'm loving this life that yeah. I've got and I or you always make my day better oh, thank when you. I see you when I talk to you and I remember we had some kind of kind of frantic text messaging yeah. you know back in the when the cyclone hit because yeah. I woke up that day going <gasps> Phil mm. yeah yeah, I think that. And you that, know, are you okay? Uh, and uh, and uh, when there was no power on my phone, yeah, it was it was really hard to not know how mm. how you were and how yeah. this was. But, we were um, there, yeah, with no phone, I didn't even didn't even get half the messages. But yeah. no, thank you. Um, I did love the life I was living, and, yeah. and I still love it now. Mm. But yeah, it was it was exciting because you, when you go to vineyard and you go to wine up in a family, you just you know what it's like. You're just busy the whole yeah. time, and and yeah, I just loved it. But yeah, now you, you have moments where you think. If you get really depressed, yeah. Oh, bugger, it's all gone. Mm. And that's fine. I think the uh, the, to what you were saying, Yvonne, that it showed in the response by everybody because they were. It wasn't like, oh, yeah. It was like, let's go help Phil. You know, like let's go, let's go. You know, like everybody. This collective energy. No, no question about it. Like, how do we do it? Mm. Let's go. You know, like across the board. Like everybody. You know, in the in. Friends, families, yeah. yeah. So um, you got that to ride on a bit, mm. you know. Well, I, mean? I do. That's what's kept me going, really. Because yeah. you guys mean a lot yeah. to us. Oh, you know, amazing. you and you and your brother and your families. You know, yeah. you put you put a lot into Hawkes Bay, and Hawkes Bay's got a lot to give you wow. back. That's yeah. And then that, they, you need they to know that. Have, yeah, it's so nice. Um, yeah. And we'll be right back. Hey guys, this is Daniel from Decibel Wines. We've got a new collaboration, new promotion we want to tell you about. Uh, it's going to be up on our website under the Testify collaboration. We have a little banner at the top of the site with our Testify Red, which is a new wine we've released. The 2019 is coming out to rave reviews. 95 Point Wine from Bob Campbell and all those guys who know so much about wine. Uh, it's a collaboration with the Organic Farm Butchery, which is here in Hastings, but they're a national company. They ship organic grass-fed free-range beef lamb and pork all over the country so what do you get you get three bottles of the testify red along with a scotch fillet double pack pack of beef short ribs perfect for braising and a winter meal and two packs of premium mince to play around with a little ragu some sauce some burgers all that 
you know, that includes freight and everything delivered all over the country for 200 bucks. That's a great deal, guys. That, you know, if you think about the Testify Red, this is my premium big red, 56 bucks a bottle typically sold all over the world. And then you're going to get almost three quarters of that, of the 200 bucks value in just in wine. So think about all that. You're also getting Scotch fillet double pack, pack of beef short ribs, two packs of premium mints, all for 200 bucks. Hop online, decibelwines.com. Check out the banner. We're going to run it all for the month of May. Why May? May's got organic wine week uh, and organic farming week. So it's kind of the organic month, May. So we wanted to feature that and do this great collaboration with Matt and the fellas at the uh, organic farm. Uh, check it out. Decibelwines.com. Click on the banner. Do it. And now we're back. Should we taste some wine? Yeah, that's probably a good idea. It's probably a good time to taste some wine. I just want to, before we taste wine, can I just say, I know we normally kick in with our, in our little chit-chatty things. We have, like, what's good this week mm, and mm, what's a mm, fail mm. and, and mm. all that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm just going to lead in with a fail straight away. Okay. I'm really sorry about how I smell. <laughs> Now it's usually us because I <laughs> no I, I, I didn't no and I did too but what I, I I did something really bad to my knee and I rubbed oh, the so stuff in my knee oh yeah you got anything uh, too so I rubbed the stuff on my knee is it like Ben Gay or something I or? don't know what it is but someone someone from some um, homeopathic pyramid uh, yeah. scheme company no, gave no. it to me I'm not sure and I put it on and I. Realized was it my wife that gave it to you? Possibly, that's her thing. Possibly, yeah. um, that sounds like Doterra her. or something. God knows. <laughs> and I put it on my knee, and I was in the car on the way here, and I'm like, "What does that smell?" It's like lanolin and yeah. weird and stuff. And I'm tr- so anyway, I, I raced home. This is why I was a little bit late. Oh. Raced home and trying to wash it off, oh, no. and, it, and it hasn't washed off, and I feel so bad, guys. Is it working? Well, my knee's working. Yeah, like yeah. I can make it go up and down, but my knee is still very sore. Mm. What's, what caused the injury in the first place? I don't know, oh, and yeah. it would have been, because I'm old, it's really simple things like I could have just got, like, walked through the door yeah. and my knee will collapse. Yeah. Yeah. Or I could have just, you know, well, I'm hopped out of bed. Old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what happens. I was reaching for the cereal. Maybe I should come to your physio yeah. with you. He's really, he's really good. His name's Dino, and he's in Green Meadows. Opposite Anderson Park. I need to go and see a physio. I'm going to see him on the 2nd of May. It's so bad. It's really sore. Yeah, mine's sore too. Yeah. So that's not good. Plug for Dino. Dino. Dino the physio. Yeah, Um, really good. So I'm really sorry about that, guys. Uh, That was my my fail. Right, so talk amongst yourselves while I get this um, wine. What what do you think... uh, What's going on in Esk right now, like uh, driving through? Is there a sense... I mean, every property probably has their own... uh, Problems and sense of what's going to happen. I know, like um, Alex at Linden, they're you know rebuilding the winery and yeah. all that. But yeah, you know, I, well, I was there yesterday, Dan, and I was um, had a great day. I found heaps of our stuff, and I'm I'm driving down to Linden just to see if Alex there say hi. Um, and they've got big diggers there and mm. trucks, and so they're getting rid of a lot of that salt in their place. Um, so they're doing that. Um, we haven't done anything yet in terms of soot removal because we just don't know how we're going to get rid of all these, yeah, you you know, all these posts, all this plan. wire. Yeah. What are you going to do? So we haven't done anything at all in terms of soot removal, except we have obviously cleaned up the brewery and all that stuff, houses. But um, as far as the vineyard is concerned, we haven't even touched it yet. We don't even know what to do. We want to get a good, good plan going on. But um, Lyndon's doing something. Um, a lot of people are doing a lot of work down there. Is it's there any sense, uh, you know, 
this is just a reality sort mm-hmm. of thing. Is there any sense from, I don't know, not climatologists, but sort of, you know, government agencies and institutes or anything about, you know, well, what if this happened again in 20 years and what do we replan and oh, or exactly how do we re, or do we do it differently? Well, that's or? exactly what I'm thinking. What if it happens again in 20 years time? You've got to put all this new structure mm. in. So I was just thinking um, to myself, wouldn't you just grow some crops there and get the soil back yeah. and just see what happens? There's talk of maybe putting a stock bank in further yeah. up, which would be amazing. Yeah. I was talking to Dan from the campground. He said there's talk of a stock bank going in, which Good. would be great. That would that be would great. Be really, it's such amazing land. It would be such a shame not to grow grapes there again. Mm. So, yeah. <sighs> yeah, that's in the back of your mind. It could happen again. But that was an extremely weird event. There was 900 mils of rain in the hills, and it's a massive catchment area, and it all just flowed down. There was almost like there, were, there was the East River, and it was almost like another river. It was like two rivers joined. I think we forget, weird. you know, being in uh, New Zealand, because we'll look at European mm. countries or even North America or stuff, but you look at Europe, and so much of it is on the hills, yeah. uh, the vines. And you want, and you know, they're, there. they're certainly not short of over farming areas or anything. So, mm. let, you know, don't want to look too close in the mirror and blame ourselves too much. But you know, go to Europe, and there's plenty of. I mean, Piemonte, there's not an inch spared that isn't yeah. <laughs> vines it's, or it's chestnuts or something. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you wonder if um, maybe that's mm. part of our graduation into putting more up into the hills mm. because um, these are old, these are old our old floodplains. You know what I mean? This is true. true. And vines um, are different, you know. Yeah, than, sure. You know, you could probably plant asparagus again there. Yeah, you could. You know, next year. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So. Lucerne, asparagus. Mm-hmm. Um, so asparagus. The vines so are still alive. They're still growing. Which yeah. Is incredible. But yeah, I saw a Baden. Uh, it was next the vineyard next to Linden Estate. Mm-hmm. They're just coming straight up. Incredible. So it's different through than the orchards. Silk. You know, the orchards are kind of they really they almost poison the trees, right? Yeah. Well, it's, and it's difficult for oxygen to kind of get through the silt to yeah. get to the dirt, mm. to get to the, you know, all the micro-organisms. Um, I, 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 I planted some pereri trees on our land, and um, one is huge, and I planted it like 15 years ago. It's big, and it's died. But I got all the silt removed from around it, but it's still dead. Mm. Yeah. It looks like it's dead. All the leaves have fallen off. And, that, and I'd removed all the silt, so I don't know. Maybe they're just, yeah, oxygen-starved. Mm. 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 Could be. Mm. Um, Pinot Blanc is something that you grow. Yes. And this is the wow. first wine that we're tasting today. So this is from Blackenbrook. It's the Blackenbrook Nelson Pinot Blanc. Yep. So um, Nelson, gorgeous, sunny, wonderful. Um, now, this Pinot Blanc, quite different to yours, they've kind of really, um, they've decided this is the 2022, um, is it 2022? Yep. Yeah, 2022, $30 a bottle, mm-hmm. and they've just, they've, given a tiny little bit of oak treatment to it, a little bit kind of creamy, pear drop, nashi, lightly styled. Um, Just wondering if they know. A bit of natural sweetness, very autumnal. Okay, I was going to ask you, is there much sweetness there? Mm. So Five grams or something? Hold the line, caller. I'll tell you. I reckon there's ten. Yeah, it might be more. I was being generous. Eight. Eight. Oh, split the difference. <laughs> <laughs> Phil wins. He was close. So here we go. This is this is what's happened. So um, clones, GM1, GM2, GM7, um, hand-packed, um, whole bunch pressed into a gravity-fed um, winery, cool fermented, um, extended lease contact, no fining, 5% oak-aged for added complexity. 
and eight percent or eight grams per litre natural residual sugar and thirteen and a half alcohol. Uh, so it's first, bright and juicy, isn't yeah, it? You know? First, yeah. uh, you know more about Pinot Blanc than I do, but most of the Pinot Blancs, and I kind of like them for this reason, is they're a little more, they're aromatic, but they're kind of neutral, mm. you know? They're like kind of... Pinot white. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, but this has mm. got crazy character. It's just delicious. Mm. It you know, nice. It's not something that's heavy. It's kind of, um, I, I picture this sort of late in the afternoon... You know, when you're just kind of sitting on the deck looking at the sun go down. Slightly you know, chilled. Yep. A little bit of chill, mm. not too much. Mm. Just gives you a bit of floral freshness and something kind of juicy and creamy on the on the palate. That must be their fourth or fifth vintage. Yeah. It? yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Doing it very long. So, um, well, I, why did I plant Pinot, um, Pinot Blanc? Pinot Blanc is because I tried one at um, a wine shop in Palmerston North. Um, I thought you were going to say in like um, Mosul or no, the Mosul, no. <laughs> the Fals But the wine, the wine was from <laughs> France. It was a French wine. It was amazing. I can't remember what it was called, but it was the most incredible. It had a really weird pH. Must have been really mm. high. It was quite mm. soapy, but it was amazing. And that was at the um, little wine shop in you know um, in that little township there in Palmy North. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know the one I mean. Um, yeah, and I went back there to try and buy more, and, but he didn't Couldn't. have any left. Yeah. No. And then I tried another one. And it was horrible. It was like the extremes. <laughs> I was like, whoa. It was for another French one. It was yeah. one, one great, one awful, but I thought I'm going to stick with a good one and we'll try and do something. And there's not that. much of it around, and not much in New Zealand, no, but I just love it. And yeah. um, Blackenbrook's Pinot Blanc is one that I look forward to yeah. every yeah, year. Yeah, I love it. I love that one. And there's mm. Escarpment as mm. well. Yep. They do one in Marnborough, mm. but this one's my, probably my favourite one. Nice. Mm. Um, so with Blancs in mind, we've gone from Pinot Blanc to my second choice, which is a Chenin Blanc. Chenin, Chenin Blanc, um, which is, I mean, Pinot Blanc, obviously a mutation of Pinot Noir. It's mm-hmm. in that family. Chenin Blanc, completely different. So, um, you know, white grape. Uh, oh, thank you. Thank um, you. So from Mount Difficulty or Mount Dewey. That's completely different. Um, what yeah. do you expect in Chenin Blanc? What's your, what are you looking for in a good Chenin Blanc, guys? Well, that fingerprint is always apple yeah. to me. Um, in fact, uh, you might see an apple on the new decibel label huh. coming out, which mm. is uh, – but, yeah, Chenin is, you know, kind of was the crap grape of New Zealand back <laughs> in the 70s and 80s because it crops really well yeah. and everything. And then it kind of went away probably because that they overdid it. But it's one of the classic grape varietals of the world, you know. It's mm. it's Vouvray, it's um, yeah. Loire Valley, and uh, Phil mentioned two terraces earlier. They've got yep. uh, some beautiful two clones of it there. I think it's going to, uh, you know, it's not going to go past Chardonnay or no. Um, no. It's or still very or, tiny amounts, or Pinot Gris or mm. Sauvignon yeah, Blanc. in New Zealand. But I think it could be. Mm. It could and should be number four or five because it suits Hawke's Bay really well. I mean, you know, Esque Valley Wines have been mm. making Shenan for a long yeah. time. Yeah. And mm. James Milton as well. This He's is true. Kind of started yep. the whole, well, didn't start it, but he was kept going. I remember mm. he always would use hogsheads. He had his hogsheads and, mm. and his punchins full of his Shenan blog back in the day when I was up there in 2002. Um, and they were just beautiful. Mm. Yeah, and we I've got two um, hogsheads of two terraces Shannon Blanc at Hawke's Bay Wine Company. Phil, what's a hogshead? Tell the, the hogshead yeah. is Tell a listener. Th- it's a three hundred liter barrel, so it's slightly bigger than a barrique, which is two twenty five or two twenty eight. 
but smaller than the puncheon, which is 500. Hmm. And, and I'm missing a puncheon in East Valley if anyone's seen a brand new puncheon floating around. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I really want to get that puncheon back. <laughs> we have any, they're, uh, they're two and a half grand. We have yeah. any fishermen listening who are deep yes. out at sea right now. They could yeah. be floating in the ocean up in yeah. Mahia. Yeah. could be up in Mahia well, right I, now. I found the barrique. I really want to get this puncheon back. Um, to me, uh, the difference between, uh, say, this one and well, the Hawks nice. Bay one is this Sweet. one is, Beautiful. yeah, they need yeah. that. They've got crazy acidity. They need that extra residual yeah. sugar, and it has more sort of tea leaf greener notes on the nose. I've got to say, yeah, so for, for me, the nose is completely different to what I, the taste. I'm loving the taste so is. much more than this is like a, kind of like a uh, Sauvignon Blanc nose, which I yeah. don't really like, but the taste is great. Yeah, I agree. So this is, um, so much difficulty, this is their Long Gully um, Chenin Blanc, which is from... Um, Oh gosh, Bannockburn. Let's see. I'm pretty sure. Um, Long Gully atop the Kawaro River, um, and it's one of the oldest sites in Bannockburn. What's the alcohol on that? So this one is again thirteen and a half percent, but it kind of feels it feels fatter and slightly it's got warmer. Got a lot of residual on there. Um, so. The residual sugar, 26 grams per ah, litre. So that's yeah. why. You know, so a lot of Chenin Blanc that I certainly get to taste is definitely on the dry side of it's things. Um, and that's aromatically, nice. you think it's going to be dry. Yeah, There's that kind of apple skin away. and yeah. sort of um, dried herb character and, and really interesting um, notes like that. And then you put it in your mouth and it's like the silky kind mm. of, you know, luxurious honeysuckle. Mm. And um, So you guys might know more than me, but I'm pretty sure that... One mm. of the interesting things, and maybe it hasn't always helped them over the years with Vouvray, which is, you know, a, a Loire Valley Chenin mm. Blanc, is that in given years, they might it might be 20 grams of residual uh, sugar, and in some years it might be bone dry. They just sort of decide yeah. by producer yeah, in the year. Yeah, but that's kind of the, um, the, the French thing. They'll make the wine always. Mm. doesn't matter what the conditions are. That's the wine will always be made. And so as the consumer, you have to figure out... I reckon that's awesome. What, yeah. you know, is Vintage it a good year? Is yeah. it a bad year? How long should I sell it? What kind of style it is? Yeah. Um, but, you know, in New Zealand, you know, our kind of... Yeah. Certainly our kind of top-end wines... Um, they just don't get made when the fruit is not great. Mm. So, I like that. so that there's kind of a consistency of style for the consumer. Mm. Not good if you're OCD and you want to have all the nice dates lined up in a row in your cellar. But um, I reckon just vintage variations is the way to go. Vintage, you mm. prefer vintage variation? Oh, totally. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, then you're going to enjoy the next one um, that we taste. But um, back to the. Shannon, I'm really liking this. This is sort of a slight toffee-ish character. It's It's complex, I'll say Mm. that. It'd be one... um, And it's all barrel fermented, does it say there? Hold the line, caller. Right. It says... No, it's... um, Oh, wow. It says, slightly lower acidity has dictated the style. Juice is handled in a reductive fashion. I find I'm always handled in a Sorry, I'm shaking my leg over here. Um, the wine was racked clean, ferment. Oh, yes, wild yeast um, to retain the purity of the fruit. Doesn't say anything about barrels, only tank. Okay. Filtered, not fined. And, the, and mm-hmm. as a winemaker, you always mention the barrels because they're fucking expensive. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Go. So they haven't mentioned any <laughs> barrels you on never, the tasting would, notes. You would mention it. You would leave it. <laughs> You'd put it on there because <laughs> you go, you better mention those barrels on the um, tasting notes. Do you want to know how much it costs? Uh, okay, let me guess. I'm thinking it would be, I reckon it would be 30, 35 bucks. What do you reckon, Dan? 
I was I can't see that part. Um, I was going to say something similar, but I'm going to try to beat Phil this time because he won me t- eight on the ten. I'm going to say it's thirty six. No, I'll say uh, thirty nine. Oh, for God's sake! I'll say thirty nine. <laughs> he really wants to win this competition. Well, he's useless because it's thirty, so you get Whoa, it again. <laughs> damn it! <laughs> but the website says you've got to buy six. They go okay. 180 bucks, you know, six. Which That's good value. Yeah, well, uh, it is, but it's like, do you know, sometimes, and this is just a little bit of a gripe, and it's no mm, gripe mm. at um, at Mount D or anything, oh, but it's just, as a general term. You can give them some gripe. They're called Mount Difficulty, for Christ's <laughs> <Yeah. guys'> sake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you know, like, here's the thing, though. If you've, if you've got a wine and you put it on your website and people have to buy a minimum of six bottles, that is not fair. No, it's not. It's not fair. I like this offering one bottle. Yeah, and so like that's that. the thing. As a consumer, yeah. I would much rather, yeah. I'd be totally prepared. And certainly everyone I've spoken to, mm-hmm. all different walks of life, mm-hmm. you know, just people that love wine, they're like, why do I have to buy six bottles? Uh, well, yeah. So I would rather, and they would rather, pay a bit extra for the freight. Yeah. So that you can just buy one, mm-hmm. test it Seems out, like it. go, do I like it? And then, yeah, I'll commit to yeah, another six or another right. 12. It's and so that's not exactly fair. what we do at decibelwine.com. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> time, too. But I get, I'm honestly, it just yeah, makes nice. me want to scoop my yeah. eyeballs out with a spoon, the amount I of agree. wine producers that go, oh, we don't really sell much online, you know, mm. the website doesn't really do much business. Mm. And then I go online and they're making people buy six, six. or 12 mm. at a minimum. That's the reason. You know, totally put another extra, you know, couple of extra bucks on it. And let people buy one. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, third Absolutely. wine. Let's get yeah. amongst it. We're, we're, you know, we're in overtime now. Yeah, we are in overtime, but that's that's okay. Yeah, a special, we don't really have a time. It's hey. a special um, episode. Special this episode. One. We've been waiting so long to get you on the show, but we totally understand why you weren't able to. Oh, I, wasn't, I just film. wasn't. Oh, you know what? When Dan said, I said, "Yeah, I'm there," and then I just thought, you know what? I'm no, not, not there. I'm not. No, you're not. You weren't ready. I just couldn't. I was just like, nah. I think it was a good move. I think it was the right move. And when you said that, I was like, yeah, good yeah. move. Yeah, he was. Yeah. And cheers. Listen mm. to these lovely uh, oh, riddles. So, Pinot Noir chocolate? here. You chocolate there? Yep. Um, and you can tell, very, very light. So, oh. if you look in the camera, very, very cheers. light. You can the see Viper through. Vineyard. This is Chard Farms Viper Parkburn Central Otago Pinot 2020. Um, so, they have. Beautiful. Four single vineyard wines, right? So mm. they have the Viper, they have the Mason, the Eliza, and the Tiger, and they're all released at the same time. Mm. Um, and they're all from the and, the and judge, you know, from what we were talking about before, they do make these wines every year, regardless of the vintage, because they believe in showing vintage variation through these single vineyard I love that. I love that. wines. Yep. So this is made. From the Viper Vineyard, which is in Parkburn, and it's from a, a part of the um, vineyard called the Grandstand Block. And it's on the western side of Lake Dunstan, and it's called Viper because the land um, used to be covered in, and still all the parts that aren't in grapes now are covered in Viper's bug gloss, which is a um, wildflower. Have you ever been to um, like a an, an apiary, like a Honey a farm, bee, a bee place, bee yep, place? a yeah. bee buzzy buzz. Bee well, my place. dad had honey honey bees. So your dad yep. would know about Viper's bug gloss because oh, Viper's yeah. bug gloss honey is my favourite. Oh, oh yeah. I thought they just named it that because it was cool. It is cool. Viper, Viper. But yeah, it's named after a wildflower I did called not Viper's know that. bug gloss. Yeah, so now you know. You know, yeah. you, you don't come here not to learn things. I tell you, no, we, we, we give back. You know, you do give it back. Yeah, yeah. We, we battled the varroa mite with mm. our hives that we mm. had in Kumi and all in Hillpine, and that was devastating. Devastating. They've they kind of come back since then. They've kind of managed to survive the varroa. 
the bees. Still, yeah, the bees, bees are incredible. Yeah, survived for a while somehow. Um, so let's talk about this wine. I love it because, yes, it's light in colour, but it has these lovely aromas of, like, berry tea, um, very soft spices. It's youthful. It's ethereal. And I think a lot of people associate Central Otago Pinot with these big kind of smash-in-the-face mm. styles, whereas this is just kind of slippery yeah. and slight, like a ballerina, you know? Can I say something about Central Otago? Yeah. Don't swear, though. Well, you can swear if Impossible. Um, <laughs> I think, you know, having made a lot of wine from Martinborough and spent a lot of time in Martinborough, much like, I don't know, maybe Hawke's Bay has a chip on their shoulder about Marlboro, that Martinborough has a chip on their shoulder about Otago. Well, and they rightly deserve to because they're like the OG. But you love how he says Martinborough. Yeah. He calls Martin, it Martinborough. Is that what it's called now? It's called Martinborough. If they change the name. What do you mean? He, he calls it, he goes... Martin Burrow. Yes, Martin yeah. Burrow. Whereas we yeah. go, we Martin go, Martin Burrow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I took a big drag of an unfiltered <laughs> cigarette. <laughs> uh, uh, Martin Burrow. Martin Burrow. What it sounds like, you know, a yeah. private detective. It sounds like I'm does. Kevin Martin Costner Burrell. saying yeah. it, you know, and uh, what's that? Anyway, what, sorry, what was your point? So my point sorry. is is that uh, because of what you said, it just, you know, sort of triggered me when you say, oh, Otago's kind of known for these big flashy mm. and, and then they're also known to be honest sometimes for you, you buy a 65 hour pinot and you go what the hell did i just drink it just wasn't mm. much to that wine and that definitely is the case like particularly when i moved here in like 08 9 they were like blowing up and there was some people honestly i thought were taking the piss with some of the wines coming out of there mm. but i would say in the last more like 10 years as they're getting vine age, as they're getting more and more great producers, Shard Farm being one of them, people like Volley and, um, you know, the, the other great mm. producers down mm. there, mm. the wines are getting scary good. The Pinots are getting re- scary oh, good. really, too. really good. Yeah. Viper good. So I agree. These guys are right there with okay. it as well. Love um, Chard Farm. And the thing is, even though the thing that I love about Pinot, particularly this one, is that it looks like it's going to be light and watery and weird because it doesn't, It's the color is so light. That's Pinot. And yet it delivers yeah. this intensity you know this really mm. complex kind of unveiling of different mm. spicy notes and yeah. floral characters and um, do we want to know some technical um, um, info yeah. um, really. 13.3% <laughs> 13.3% alcohol so that's nice you know, that's, nice. that's in check for a time it's in check what's, yeah. what's the pH I'll tell you, um, hold the line, call it 3.34. Whoa. Yes, Damn, and uh, 7.5 grams acid. So there you go. Yeah. Um, hmm. Bottled on the 12th of November 2021 and harvested on the 6th of April 2020. You could almost chill this down, eh? Do you know what? You could. Mm. And it's not warm in here. No, it's not. It's nice. So it's a nice temperature, but mm. this could be slightly could be chilled. Slightly chillier. So mm. I just love it because there's a subtle red berry fruit oh, character I like at that. play. I like that. I feel like it's getting warm, though. It's the first time I've sat over here looking directly through to Aaron for the whole podcast. And yeah. frankly, I've been getting a little He's a handsome man. What's the vintage there? I'll tell you. Uh, Let's try and guess. I can see it. Oh, you can see it. Okay. I think the colour's got a bit of age to it, so I'm going to say, is it a 2020? It's a 20. Yes, it is a 2020. There you go. We're going to bring it back every week, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Just looking at the colour, really. So, um, so that's a nice little way to finish our um, finish our podcast. Do we? um, You had some questions. I have one question for you guys. Okay, one question. Um, Yeah. Oh, I saw a sign the other day. I feel like I've seen this 
before in New Zealand and out on the farms and vineyards and stuff. Um, you have to forgive Dan. He gets a little bit confused. Yeah, this is the Jersey Philly coming out of me, you know. I go, what is that? What What's a fadge? Oh, I know what a fadge is. I know what a fadge is. We put nets into those. Oh, you got two kids. I hope you know what a fadge is. I you know? Well, I don't know what that's going to do with it. Although Jimmy was once is in the a question? fadge bringing the nets Is this the well, question? Well, that was the first thing through my head. What's like, a fadge? Yeah, okay. A fadge. It's a great big thing. You put wool. Normally wool goes into it. And it's spelled it's big F-A-D-G-E. G-E, yeah. That's, I saw it written fadge. on a sign. But, but it said like no... No, no sheep or fadges, no rabbits or fad. It said it was like That's don't weird. bring any fadges around here, and I, I think weird. I don't know what that is. Or, where is this? It was on a farm somewhere. I'm trying to remember fadges. where I was. I'll find. I'll take a photo of it. Maybe yeah. I did take a photo of take it. Take a photo. It would yeah, I'd like to know what that is because yeah. a fadge is, um, you know, if, if you're in New Zealand, oh. it's basically yeah, it's it's made out of like not hessian, no, but it's like a plastic. Yeah, it's like a plasticky hessian thing. Brown thing. And they're about what a meter and a bit square. Solid. So they're a cube-like cont- fabric-y container yeah. um, vessel that you put sheep's wool, wool in. Vineyard nets. Ah. Or yeah. vineyard nets. Yes. Yes. Yeah, no, that, I've definitely wool. seen those things, but nobody's yeah. ever say, hey, Dan. That's a fadge, man. Move your fadge over here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I can't find the sign. <laughs> no, like my husband that goes, can you get the old fadge out of the woolshed? No, <laughs> That's a fair enough question. It's been a while since I had some fadge. It's a fair enough question for Dan. <laughs> get the fadge out of the woolshed. Oh my God. No <laughs> euphemisms <laughs> here. You know. We put we put lawn clippings in our fadges. Yes, I've done that too. Yeah. Every yeah. Kiwi's done that. Every Kiwi Have puts their that? lawn clippings I've in their fadge. I've put lots of things in fadges. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my pelvic floors aren't what oh, they used to be. Speaking I've of which, you know. Uh. <laughs> um, right. Well, on that note, that's a good place to that's leave it. That's a good it. place oh, to leave it. Thank you for doing thank it, buddy. You, thank you, Dan. Yeah, man. Thank, thank you. Always so, nice to see you guys. Always nice to see you. And um, we'll have you back. And we'll taste um, we'll some energy, dude. You always have good This podcast is hand-picked, whole-bunch pressed, wild-fermented and produced unfined and unfiltered by Daniel Brennan and Aaron Cash at New Song Studio.